0: And welcome to another episode of Lectures of Fallen Wisdom. Today I'm going to talk about a very simple idea. Anxiety. Free-floating anxiety. Are you able to watch it? Don't tell me that you don't have it. If you're consuming entertainment or doing any kind of mind-altering stuff, you're running away from it. Understand that your anxiety is the drug. It's just that you don't know how to use it. And so you go to drugs to get more of it. But you can just harness the one you have. And it's like a drug. If you watch it. If you're able to step outside and watch your anxiety... Calmly watch your anxiety. If you're able to do that, it's like being on drugs. If you can do that for a sustained period of time, you will start to feel like you are on some kind of super happiness drug. I can't emphasize this enough enough. It comes from you watching your anxiety from an external point of view with a calm eye, period. And whatever you're watching now, those movies, looking for entertainment, looking for sex, looking for some kind of distraction from what you must watch, but instead you look away from your anxiety. You're doing anything you can to get away from it, to quell it, to do something about it, instead of just watching it. It is a motor unto itself, but only when watched. When it's not being watched and when it's just in the back of one's mind, it's a dangerous wrecker of lives. You have a child and don't watch it in the early years. It becomes a maniac. And so because anxiety, it gets worse and worse over time, and it becomes more of a monster, just like a child would that hasn't been watched. And when you watch your anxiety, you're able to see very clearly what is stupid and what makes sense. That's where your anxiety works for you. Of course, I'm not preaching that you don't have any anxiety, the it just has to be watched. Once you start watching it, all the pain, all the frustration that grew from not watching it, from having it in the back of your mind, suddenly became become engines for creativity in the now. That's how it works. So you just watch. And, you know, people go into therapy to do that for, like, an hour. But you should be doing that forever. In fact, is how you get into the problem and how you create a situation where you need more therapy. You cannot confess your um, unhappiness to anyone. You can only... Deal it. You can only deal with it by watching it. Confessing it helps you watch it so that, therefore, it helps you. That's why it's like expressing negative emotions. Yes, it's like bad for everyone else, but for you it's good because you're watching your emotion in that moment. And as long as you're watching it and thinking about it consciously, it's fine. But if you're thinking about it unconsciously and not watching it, is it where it's like a saw cutting into you? on a daily basis, and we have people here just being sawed to death by their their free-floating anxiety, which they're desperate to do anything they can to distract themselves from, instead of just acknowledging it. There it is. Instead of just front with it and being like, yeah, I see you. You're my anxiety. Can you, this is how you're going to help me, so let me watch you. You become the anxiety's boss. Employee is a crucial one. This is the employee who comes and tells you things that are important or not important. So you start to understand that your anxiety can be trained. When you're watching it, it's like an animal, and you can actually give it commands and give, and, and give it understanding. It's like a dog. If you get a dog and don't train it from the very beginning, it becomes a wild wa- Wow, man, I think um, I muted a lot of what just got said there. So that just went into the ether. But it was important stuff that I will go over right now. But if you watch your anxiety, then you can train your anxiety. You can get it... Like a, it's like a dog that if you don't train it, and then you you by the time it's an adult dog, it will be a wild dog that you can't stand, and that's what's happened to your anxiety. Not watching it, instead watching TV, trying to watch a movie, just everything just to kind of stave it off, not look at it. Instead, you can watch both. You can watch your kid and watch a movie. Understand what anxiety is. It's your kid. Now, your kid has all kinds of anxieties that the adult has to be like, no, don't worry, young son, young daughter. That's stupid. And once you talk that way to your anxiety while you're looking at it, and you're, and you're looking at it directly, and you're not getting anxiety from it because you know it's separate from you. It is not you. And the minute you merge with it is the minute you start to go downhill, spiral down. So it can't be good for you to become the 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 kid of your anxiety. Rather, you should become the adult to the anxiety's child. And when you do, you start to be able to manipulate the anxiety so it works. So it only turns on. And not when it. Free floating, it gets rid of a lot of the free floating. Still, that's still there. It's always there. There's got to be a little. Always got to be a little. It's like a little fungus in your body is healthy, but like too much is bad. Same with bacteria. Everything's about balance. always have to acknowledge it you can't say oh i don't have any don't have it that's a lie if you don't you're not you're some kind of sociopath or maybe you've just gone so up the enlightenment hole i don't even recognize you hey more power to you but for those of you who have suspect you might have a little there down there and are desperately trying to figure out a way to once and for all solve your way out of it. There is no solving your way out of it. There's only watching it. Watching it and accepting your responsibility as its parent. Talk to it. Be upfront about it. Don't don't act like everything's fine in yourself. Like don't con yourself that everything's fine. But watch that it isn't. Like watch it. The minute isn't external point of view, what's going on here? this anxiety this 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 fear. don't get mad at it because that creates more anxiety but you you can be a stern parent. you can be upfront with how there's there's a certain misunderstandings unlo- underlying it. And you can kind of, at that point, just watch it. You don't have to reason with it any further. And honestly, you don't even have to go into the reasoning or the training. You don't have to sit there and train your anxiety. It will get trained by just the way in which you watch it. If you watch it and have the right thoughts and have the understanding of how foolish certain parts of it are, if you come to that realization or not, either way, you achieve. The pleasure that would come from most drugs and any drugs that you do, they are just you trying to distract yourself from the anxiety, which would give you the same hit if you just watched it. It would give you the same dopamine hit of a drug if you just looked at it and say, oh, look at look at that. There it is. There's my anxiety. It's there for me to – it's an engine. It's the reason it's my child. I want to train this child to give me the right warnings and for themselves as well. I care for this child. And so I'm going to interact with it. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to try to pretend that it's not there and meditate away from it. How far can you really meditate away from your child or your dog? No. You have to be there. You have to be constantly training, putting the right messages out, paying attention. Watch your goddamn dog. Dog. Put a leash on that motherfucking anxiety and take it for a walk a lot. When your mind, just be like, there you are. I thought I lost sight of you. Never lose sight of it because the minute you lose sight of it, run into the street, <laughs> get run over by a car, so you you always have to be there on top of it. Like, that's a great way to be present, too, and just be like, look, here it is. Like, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm running from. This is why I'm shoving food in my mouth. This is why I'm looking for sugar. This is why I'm looking for other drugs. And then becoming super paranoid, like, just because you can't handle how good you feel. So then, of course, the paranoia sets in. There always has to be balance, so drugs are just like exaggerations. they help you get out of the rut, but then ultimately you have to you have to function without them. otherwise, you're a failed magician, become a drug addict. magicians like learn and then then they become the magic of the drug. They don't sit there and keep doing the drug. they don't need to. They can revisit it very, uh, you know, like a ritual, but like a daily use, it's not needed. Shouldn't be needed. Should be the goal to not be that at the very least. <laughs> well, however long it takes, that's how it should be. Because as long as you're engaged in a war against the idea of needing anything, you will get sucked in and become the the parasitic host of it and when you think about things like marijuana marijuana is just like a plant that became smart and learned how to perpetuate itself by getting humans high like so you could be you could argue that like marijuana is now like kind of taking over the bodies of like all these people It's just an interesting idea, and it's like the plant—the plant is like taking over a certain like group of, and that's just it, man. They're just doing that permanently. That's a major victory for a plant <laughs> when it when it gets to that wide usage. Tobacco also has kind of made it there, and both of those—they they're doing it for their own purposes, okay you're helping their cause to overgrow you because ultimately marijuana's idea is like, let's just infuse the earth plant idea into them by getting them hot. Like we let's, let's solve the problem. I mean, it's actually like trying to solve this issue of people being so unconnected to the earth. You know, it's just making, it's trying to make people more aware of the earth and they tend to do that when they smoke it a very it's a big victory for the plant world that has infiltrated the human world so successfully the coke plant too all those kind of plants like they take you to a certain place and you're supposed to learn 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 from it and be and be um, be mindful of, you know, how you – it's much easier to separate yourself from your anxiety when you, to, when you use some of these. But it's actually even just as easy to go deeper into it and have a total wig out. So always any kind of, – you do any kind of drugs, you always have to just do it within your home and not – ever going out into the um the driving world especially just get stay home and just get it out of your system but ritualistically once a month at the most and even then that's a lot because to the extent that you can ride high on each one of those and you can have you know you can do it for a weekend for a, every month right that that should that should get you to the peaks, and the understanding to sail you to an, through the month. And the reason is is you don't want to lose time. And you can. It, what what happens is is you get an idea, right? You get a high idea, and you're like, oh look, I could just I could do this. But it takes like a lot of non-high hours for you to practice that. <laughs> it does. You don't your, your brain doesn't learn very well when it's like, "Hi." It kind of shrugs off learning. It does things it's already learned well and maybe better, but it, to take in new information, it doesn't do it too well. It kind of insulates the mind in a certain way, and that's what allows it to be creative in that moment. It kind of shuts down on the intake, therefore the learning. So there's always an, an element of childishness in drug users who do drugs for prolonged periods of time. They they freeze their consciousness into the age in which they started using the drug regularly. And that's just because of the lack of learning and questions and, and growth really and maturity. And all those things come from in in the sober mind, basically getting through the vicissitude that life without a padding, without the drug buffer, and 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 feeling each feeling and dealing with each feeling, and thereby becoming more mature and becoming smarter, and just more charismatic in every way, because you're not you're not just like basting yourself in some protective emotional layer. That's a, it's a, I mean, it's look, it's better than what other people are doing. I mean, just ignoring their, I mean, it actually helps keep you chill. If it really does, then it's better than what people are doing that aren't keeping chill. You know, the the key to be is like, if it, if you need it to be chill, then do it. But the reason you need it to be chill is because you're just not looking at why you're not chill, and why you're not chill. It's just a very natural aspect of your mind called free-floating anxiety. So when you look at it you and, and you accept it and you don't say, oh, no, this should not be here. That's it's – it's got to be there, has to be there. It becomes almost irrelevant that it's there when you watch it, when you can step away from it and look at it. It's also the same with your depression, also the same with any negative emotion you can you have to be able to like just watch it from a, a external point of view. It's very difficult when you're in the midst of the emotion to do that. But it it starts to become a habit when you understand that like whenever you feel any kind of discomfort, it should be looked at. And there's nothing. There's actually a lot of medical sense. A lot of people just, like, ignore aches and pains in their body, and then they're, you know, they have to they get a cancer diagnosis. They didn't catch it in time. So those kind of things need to be paid attention to, of course. But any feeling you have that does isn't wonderful, and that's the only – and guess what? You're going to have those. You have to have those. And actually, it's cool to have those when you're in a video game and you have them in a, in a way that you're expecting. Right? The video game now is in your mind, here they come. It's not, oh God, what are these things doing here? Like why are they keep coming? Like, God damn I want to stop this. I wish I could just stop my negative thinking. It's like you that's it becomes a joke when you're watching it. It becomes serious fucking soul crushing bullshit when you're not. When you're watching it, you just see how absurd everything is and you laugh at it And but you're still having the thought. You're still having the anxious thought but it's like Seinfeld style. It's not it's not like really serious shit. And that's the key, man. It's such a key thing. This this idea of like the super serious something has to be super serious. Oh, look, You have to just watch it understand there's nothing that's super serious, okay? Everything is just like watchable anxiety, right? Anxiety is like the feeling that you're out of control, that you can't handle it, that it won't be good, that things are going to get fucked, like all that shit. Just having those kind of thoughts, those are just the thoughts of a child that hasn't been talked to by their parents and hasn't been assured of how things are going to go, and hasn't gotten the proper guidance from the parent, take a look at it. What are you scared of? Be honest with yourself. Bring it out. Just be like, yeah, I'm scared that this is this and X and Y, and I'm watching it. I'm watching that fear. Look at that. That's me fearing it. And, like, the more you just watch it, and and don't actually get all riled up, the watcher gets to feel separate from it. Is it, it's like the power of your charisma will grow. And you will become much stronger. Now, you can't fake this, okay? You are going to feel negative emotions. Like, you can't be in total, total, total bliss. And I feel like maybe I've been implying that that's somehow possible. And while maybe it is in some weird realm, I don't necessarily think it would be the best thing. Because you need to have your ups and downs, otherwise it's too constant. Your pleasures come from a sense, from a lower level. So there's a certain level of there has to be ups and downs. But it's more of a game and it's less of a fucking serious, serious, serious thing, which it never is. I mean, we are, in the bigger scheme of things, it doesn't, nothing fucking matters. So it's more just like within the realm of this molecular existence, which you aim to keep as long as possible, a vibrational level that watches The anxiety is a much better and less disruptive one than the one that just allows it to sit there back on its back of its head and eat away at it. So don't be shy. Don't, don't, don't like be in denial about it. That's what everyone is. Like, everyone's like, everything's great. Yeah, I'm doing like really great. And then you have these people that join these cults and they get convinced. Like if you saw that that shit, the vow on fucking HBO. Like these guys are convinced, like that they got the key to all happiness, and they're walking around like it's just so great. everything's we're so happy. Like bing bong. Like there's nothing sad about us, but there's this like crying kind of like look in their eye while they're smiling, and it's too plastered on, and you can convince yourself for like a little while that you like you found the key and that you're out of it and you'll never feel bad again. But that's not, that's that's unrealistic. That's, that also is some kind of running away from your anxiety. You believing that there's this utopia where anxiety doesn't exist. That's why people go after money because they feel like they have to, once they get a certain amount of money, they will be in a in a utopia where anxiety doesn't exist that is not going to happen. Anxiety will be there no matter how many billions of dollars you accumulate. So you become a master at looking at it and you become a master at watching it like a TV show. It's actually more entertaining than any entertainment that you've actually been watching. It's one of the most entertaining little... I mean, I've, l- I've learned to love my anxiety. I've learned to treat it like a child that is cute in the things that it has to like ask me about and that I have to bat down. But we have we have a good dialogue now me and this child instead of me just being like, "Oh, what is that crying in the background? Oh, let me shut that little kid into a closet and into a smaller closet." <laughs> or let me wait and then I'll bring the kid out during uh for an hour and a day to a therapist and then I'll throw the kid back in. And then I'll go about my life trying to ignore the kid for like the rest of the time, so it's a kid, man. It's a fucking kid in your heart, a spirit kid inside of you with all the little kid questions, and you should you should find yourself um lucky that you have this child because this child will save your life in the very cruel the, the very the right moments that second child will take care of you what is the first child the first child is your reason which you should also listen to but you have to you this child has more experience this child has gone through it this child is is worried about more than you are is a good detector of bullshit but has to be trained has to be developed can't be just and so we've we've never had these kind of classes in schools, like how to train your anxiety to work for you. <laughs> Instead, it's just like, do you have anxiety? Oh, here's some anxiety pills. You know, Xanax and whatnot. And then people take speed or they drink coffee because they want to catch up with their anxiety. Their anxiety is at a certain level and they don't feel like their energy level is up to their anxiety. So what do they do? They drink some fucking coffee. And they're like, okay, now... My anxiety and my my um, my physical feeling are about matched, and I'm buzzing. And so let me get some shit done. And, like, you and your anxiety have a little bit of a dance during, like, an upper binge or, like, some kind of drinking a lot of coffee because you guys are both kind of on the same wavelength for a little while. But then it goes downhill. You can't maintain it. Why? Because you should have used the anxiety for your coffee. The anxiety itself is your coffee. You just have to look at it it gives you it gives you a charge. it takes away the pain like when you wake up in the morning, just be like, "Where are you anxiety anxiety and and there it is staring you in the face, and you say, "Hey, good morning, let's go and you keep talking to your anxiety. Your anxiety, and you are just like a kid and and uh and an adult walking through the street. It's like, oh my god, is that guy gonna kill me? No, he's he's not gonna kill us. Let's just keep walking. Oh my god, I think I think I'm gonna be everything is gonna be fine. We're just walking here on the street. If you if you exhibit anxiety, it kinda creates the scenario that you're being afraid of. That's a good thing to always tell your anxiety, because your anxiety doesn't understand that kind of shit. Like you have to be like, Look, dude, like even what you're afraid of, it's more likely it will happen. If I have anxiety about it, so shut up, and then it shuts up because it's like, yeah, you're right. Like I'll shut up, and so those kind of things happen between you and your anxiety, and you can you can create a situation where it's only the most fucked up shit does your anxiety really come up in. But but even if it doesn't, like you'll have it there for you. You'll always have a little spare amount. Okay, never gonna get rid of it. And that's where people, I feel like they kind of get tripped up. They're like, if they have any of it, they're dissatisfied. And it's like, look, you need some of it. You need some of it as fuel. There's a certain fuel in it, but by watching it, not by letting it overtake you emotionally and feeling like you're in a rut, but by harnessing the energy you get by watching it. And when you watch a child, and you're seeing it grow up, it gives you the impetus to do something bigger with your life, to try to support the child. And that's how you should regard your anxiety. Your anxiety is just a poor child, and you can start now. It might be a little bit hard to train this thing because now they're just like one of those monkey boys that you, uh, that, that somebody left in the forest that were raised by wolves. So you need to take it in and in its feral state and bring it in from the cold. Give it a nice hot shower. Clean it off. Then look at it when it's all calm and in the calmness of a room and have a dialogue with it and have a continual dialogue with it forever, ever and ever. Don't run away from it. Just keep talking with it. But, you know, have your have your exchange and then move on. There's no need to be obsessed with it. No need to put it at equal footing with what things are going on. You're treating it as it's a diminutive child that has very little understanding of what the real world is about. And you start to understand that it's not you. It's a separate being that lives inside of you, a separate child. Now, um, there's a certain point you get at when you're in your childhood where you're like right before you hit puberty, you get a certain amount of, um, you've reached sort of the peak of that stage and so you have a certain amount of senior confidence which gets completely destroyed once you hit puberty. I mean, that's kind of like a known quantity. So, of course, the child emperor, the idea that I always put forward is that somewhere, someone's going to come up with a society where only children are allowed to develop because there's just such a chill between birth and then when you get up to the peak right before puberty, like, it's just like a perfect arc. And, like, if everybody could just live in that arc maybe the society would be better and there wouldn't be so much sex maybe they'd be a little but it would be such it would be such like teenage angst sex it wouldn't be like the kind of like depraved adult sex that people get into after the years go on and they just become more and more fucked up <laughs> whereas just everything is innocent it's just children it's it's so they don't allow themselves to hit puberty and then they clone genetic, you know, body and transplant their old brain into the new baby and then go through it again and they just do that constantly. They never get past the puberty stage and if anyone does it's a crime. Um the point is is that there is something to be said for that and like they, they are a happy society, this society of children I've I've come from a jail there and they are society they they were it works out, but there's something look is that what the gods came down here that's is that what gods transplanted down into humanity were meant to do just just freeze themselves in the child stage and and never in you know develop into the adult stage i mean I just don't I find that to be fundamentally. Limiting and there has to be a, there has to be many more stages just you know child adult, and then just more advanced adult and then more advanced on top of that and so I don't know how far advanced these children, but these children have advanced I'm not to say that they haven't, but they haven't gone through the all the stages of the the hardest stage by far to deal with because you don't have the protective layer of the of the parents. Is the um, is after childhood for many? I say some people have tough childhoods, of course, but the vast majority have their hard time after they get out of childhood, and that's where they are either become like super cool Avengers of that, super cool um, way they figured out a super cool way to deal with it, or they've succumbed to it. Uh, that those are the two kind of um, things that can occur. So there's very little direction for these kind of people. And all they're done is they're, they're, they've they been taught anxiety up the ass, basically. Like, that's all fucking school is. It's like, oh, you, you know, it's just giving you anxiety, <laughs> teaching you to feel it, putting it in your head. Oh, I got that test. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's like putting all these obligations in front of you that feel like like why am i why do i have to do all this bullshit you know <laughs> but you do and then you feel like cuz you don't do it like i never did it you feel like it's fucked up and you feel anxiety and you and and you try to ignore it by playing with your friends by laughing by watching tv and then you go into this class the next day and you didn't do your homework So this is a recipe for the kids doing their homework too i mean you you tell the kids, "Hey, just think about the fact that you're not doing your homework don't even Don't even tell him he has to do the homework. Just tell him that he has to he has to watch the fact that he thinks that it <laughs> that it's not cool that he's not doing his homework like or that it you know he should do his homework in some cases, your anxiety is right but it has to, it, it it's always too it's always too extreme to help you when you're not paying attention to it. So until you can do this, you're going to kind of get this feeling that you have to do other things to just get yourself, get your mind off your anxiety instead of just being in the moment and being happy that you're there with your anxiety